What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? Ryan McNichols here again, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast, back with another episode of Ryan's Rants. It is Friday, December 9th. It is just me again this time. We will be back together all again next week, I promise you. We'll get another episode where you don't just have to listen to me talk the whole time. That being said, we're going to try to make this a bit of a quicker episode. Going to just pretty much go through the injuries, and then a topic that we're going to go through today is basically just some players who've let you down this year. You know, they were drafted high... A lot was expected from them from their position, and they're basically, these are the players that may have cost you your fantasy league if, you know, you drafted them early on. That being said, let's just hop right into it. We're going to start off today with the injury report. How'd you like that? We got some drops added in here now. Alright, so I'm going to start off with the quarterback situation. Uh, three big name quarterbacks to keep an eye on this week as far as injury report goes. Lamar Jackson is looking like he's not going to play this weekend. He's listed as doubtful. He's he's not going to play. He hasn't practiced all week with a knee injury. I believe it's a MCL strain. So we don't expect Lamar Jackson to play this week. It's going to be Tyler Huntley. Back there for the Ravens, you're not going to be wanting to start him. They don't have a whole lot of, you know, weapons in the passing game. This could be a pretty tough game for the Baltimore Ravens coming up here. So, Lamar Jackson's not expected to play. You weren't starting anyone out of that offense other than Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. So, now it's just Mark Andrews, and that's depending on how you're feeling. But somebody's got to catch passes in that game, so you're still rolling Mark Andrews out there. Trevor Lawrence dealing with a toe issue. He's expected to play. He said after Friday's practice that he was feeling good, so keep an eye on that. He is listed as questionable going into the weekend, so again, just something to monitor, but it seems like he's expected to play. And then Tua Tagovailoa dealing with an ankle issue. Also seems like he's expected to play this week. He's limited in practice, so again, just something to keep an eye on if you're starting either one of those players. And, you know, obviously if there's a quarterback change in Miami, you're still going to roll out. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars going, if Trevor Lawrence is out, it makes all of those pass catchers a very risky play. So I guess the only pass catchers really start from there would have been Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And so if Trevor Lawrence is out, I'm you know definitely not starting Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk is kind of you know a low end flex play at that point with the backup quarterback. As far as wide receivers go, that's where we've. Uh, Got the most new injuries at the moment this week, so we're trying to go through this one quickly. So, start off a little bit of positive news there. Mike Williams is off the injury report. It looks like he's uh, ready to go for Sunday Night Football this week for the Los Angeles Chargers. So, that's good for him. Bad for Joshua Palmer. We'll see what happens. You know, the first time Mike Williams came back from his injury last time, he re-aggravated it, and then we didn't see him for a couple of weeks. So, now he's just getting back from that. So, he's a risky start. This week, but that also makes Josh Palmer a risky start because Mike Williams is back now. So I guess Keenan Allen's the only pass catcher besides Austin Eckler that you really feel confident starting out of that offense. And then if you want to roll out Gerald Everett, you know, at tight end position because of how thin the position is, go for that. Now for some injuries. Rondell Moore didn't practice Wednesday through Friday. Looks like he's going to miss this week again, too. So that's just going to leave DeAndre Hopkins out there and I believe Marquise Brown if he is 
back, uh, which I am not sure of at this moment. So yeah, Marquise Brown is back out there. He's going to be good to go for this week. So you got DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown out there for the Arizona Cardinals with no Rondell Moore, and I'm not interested in any of the other pass catchers there. Amari Cooper is questionable with a hip injury. He did not. He was given a rest day on Wednesday. Then he was limited in practice on Thursday after aggravating the injury. And then he did not practice on Friday. So keep an eye on Amari Cooper of the Cleveland Browns dealing with that hip injury. If he's out, Donovan Peoples-Jones should lead the wide receivers as far as you know target share goes. And they are playing the Cincinnati Bengals, so they could need to throw in that game. So just something to keep an eye on there. Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos is out with a hamstring injury. He will not be playing in this game, so that's going to be more target share for Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich. For the Houston Texans, both Nico Collins is out with a foot injury and Brandon Cooks is out with a calf injury. So they're going to be down their top two receivers this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are probably going to annihilate, not probably, the Dallas Cowboys are going to annihilate the Houston Texans. I don't know how much throwing they're actually going to need to do this game because of that. So that makes Dak a little bit of a riskier play. When I say risky, I just mean he's probably not going to have the highest ceiling. He'll probably still throw for, you know, two touchdowns, but... Expecting like four passing touchdowns or like three passing and a rushing or something like that out of Des Prescott this week just doesn't seem realistic with how bad the Houston Texans are going to be. So I think the Cowboys are just going to run the ball down their throats essentially after getting out to an early lead. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Zay Jones has got a chest injury. He was limited Wednesday through Friday. He's questionable to play this weekend. You're going to have to check your lineups on Sunday mornings about that. If he's out, it just sees, you know, just means an increased target share or, you know, a few extra targets for Christian Kirk this week. Kadarius Tony was limited Wednesday through Friday with a hamstring injury. He's also questionable to play for the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming week. So again, another player to keep an eye on. Jacoby Myers did not practice all week with a concussion injury. He's unlikely to play for the Patriots this upcoming weekend. Uh, I'm not really starting anybody else in that Patriots, you know, I'm not going to try to take a flyer on Devontae Parker. I know we've got six teams on a bye, but I just think that you could probably find better. Deontay Johnson was limited on Wednesday, then did not practice on Thursday, and then returned to a limited practice on Friday with all dealing with a hip injury. So he's questionable for Sunday's game against the Baltimore Ravens. Keep an eye on that. If he's out, obviously it's a boost for George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. George Pickens was, uh, you know, seen complaining on the sidelines last week about his lack of involvement in the passing game. So maybe Squeaky Wheel gets the grease, and add uh, Deontay Johnson injury to that, and it just seems like maybe you're going to see some extra targets for George Pickens this week. DK Metcalf questionable with a hip injury after being limited in practice this week. Pete Carroll, ever the optimist, you know, says he's going to play. He's in line to play this week. So, but again, it's Pete Carroll, so just keep an eye on that. Pete Carroll also said that Kenneth Walker could possibly play and is a game-time decision for Sunday. Kenneth Walker didn't practice Wednesday through Friday. We don't expect Kenneth Walker to play this week. Jumping ahead to the running back position there, but just because it was uh, related to the Seahawks. And finally, for the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks is out with a concussion. So he will not be available. You're not starting Robert Woods or Nick Westbrook, Akine, or anybody like that out of the Titans back out of the Titans wide receiver room. 
pretty much just Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans. As far as tight ends go, Hayden Hurst out with a calf injury, so he will not be playing for the Bengals this weekend. That's just some extra targets for the wide receivers. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you're already starting. Tyler Boyd's risky. He dropped a touchdown last week, which could have changed the outlook of his game. But, again, it's, you know, with no Hayden Hurst, it just could be a few extra targets that go around. Finally, jumping down to the running back position, we already talked about Kenneth Walker. Damian Harris for the New England Patriots did not practice Wednesday through Friday. He's unlikely to play this upcoming weekend. Mark Ingram suffered an MCL tear in last week's game. If you saw that when he went out there and fumbled the ball and, like, limped off to the sideline or, you know, failed to get the first down and just immediately limped off to the sideline, I should say, not that fumble. But, yeah, so Mark Ingram is going to be out for four to six weeks with the MCL tear at minimum. Saquon Barkley was limited on Thursday and Friday with a neck injury that he seemed to suffer in Wednesday's practice. He is questionable to play against the Eagles this upcoming weekend. And Leonard Fournette is dealing with a foot injury that he suffered in Thursday's practice. So he's a full participant on Wednesday, limited on Thursday because of the foot injury, and then he did not practice at all on Friday due to it. So he is questionable. That would be a boost to Rashad White if Leonard Fournette is out this weekend. So that is going to wrap it up as far as the injury report for Friday with some of the newer guys. And now... With it going into week 14, there are many people out there that are still fighting for a shot in the fantasy playoffs. However, there are also many teams that are suffering because they are out of contention. So we are going to take a few minutes to just kind of wallow in our own self-pity. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Alright, let's start off with myself. It looks like I'm going to make the playoffs in all three of my redraft leagues. However, this Dynasty League that I play in with our fellow co-host and producer Mike Coyle doesn't look like I'm going to make the playoffs. One of the main reasons being is that I lost one of my matchups this year by .03 against a team. It looks like that I'm going to end up tying at the end of this season. And if, you know, I had not lost by point, or I'm sorry, not .03, .3. If I had not lost by .3 points because George Kittle scored the most points he scored all season on that Monday night football game for the San Francisco 49ers, then I would be making the playoffs in this Dynasty League. Now, there is still the slimmest chance in the world that I could make the playoffs in this Dynasty League. But it's highly unlikely because it involves... Two other teams, the one team that I mentioned that I lost to by .3, I would need him to lose this week. Not only that, I would need to outscore that team by 97.5 points in order to overtake them for a playoff position. Additionally, I would need another team in this league to lose their matchup and outscore this team that I need to outscore but I also need to outscore this new team. So I've, the new team is, these two teams are ahead of me. Let's call them Team A and Team B. Team A is 97.5 points ahead of me, and Team B is about 31.5 points ahead of me. I need Team B to overcome Team A at the moment is one part of it. So I need them to close you know, about a 65-point gap there. Additionally, I then need to pass the one team, Team A, by 97 points while still passing Team B by 31.5 points. So, 
Yeah, it's it's like a less than 1% chance, you know, about the same chance you have of winning the Powerball if you only buy one line of numbers. But that's where it's at in the Dynasty League. So I'm very upset about this. Uh, I'm making the playoffs in all three other leagues, like I said, but I w I'm very devastated about not making this Dynasty League because of that one particular loss that was very unfortunate for me. Um, and, I mean... You know, aside from my own personal tragedy, let's get into some of the players out there that probably led to a lot of your own personal tragedies. So, we are going to start off at the quarterback position. Alright, so we're going to start off looking at Lamar Jackson, drafted as quarterback 3 overall. He's currently the quarterback 6, which is not bad. He's averaging 19.7 points per game. But that's because the season was very lopsided. He had a lot of really high-scoring games in the beginning of the season where he put up most of his points, but these last few weeks, he's just been disappointing, and now he's injured and out, and so he may not necessarily have cost you the week, it may not necessarily cost you the season, because he still had a relatively safe floor, but I mean, 15 points in week 11, 23 points in week... 12, and then got hurt last week early in Denver and probably cost you, you know, 17 points in week 9, 21 points in week 8. He's, it's, he's not been, he's not had the ceiling that he had when he started off the season, and he threw three touchdowns in the first two games and a four-touchdown game in week 3, where, you know, he ends up putting up 40-plus points in Week 2 and Week 3 with all those touchdowns, and plus his rushing ability. So, it's just... I don't know if he's one of those players that necessarily cost you the season, but with where you drafted him and what you were expecting of him, he probably also didn't win you your season, which is kind of what you were expecting him to do for you. So, again, overall, he's quarterback 6, but these last few weeks, you could have... He didn't finish inside the top 10 in these past few weeks is basically the issue with Lamar Jackson is that you were better off starting a number of other players over Lamar Jackson for several weeks at the quarterback position, and it probably cost you some matchups. Quarterback, so he was quarterback 8 in week 12, I apologize, in a 6-point passing touchdown. He's quarterback 15, quarterback 10, quarterback 9, but he's not been a top 5 quarterback that you draft him to be, you draft him to be a top three quarterback, and he's not even been top five in any week since week three. So, yeah, just disappointing based on expectations. Again, may not necessarily cost you the season, but he's not the reason that you're winning, which is part of the reason that you drafted Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert, drafted as quarterback four overall, is currently the quarterback eight. He's scoring 17.7 fantasy points per game in four-point passing touchdown leagues. Very disappointing for Justin Herbert. A lot of it has to do with injuries to the Chargers, the offensive line, the pass catchers, just all over the place. Herbert himself is also dealing with an injury. Remember early on in the season, he suffered that rib injury, went back out into the game, got hit again, and really seemed banged up, and basically was damaged to the rib cartilage. And he just essentially played through it. So he's starting to play better lately. But again, you were just expecting bigger things from Justin Herbert after what we've seen from the past few seasons. And I think he's just one of those players you expect in 20-plus fantasy points a game from. And he's disappointed as far as that regard goes. All right, so let's move on then. We're going to talk about some guys that have truly been disappointing as far as their ADP versus their current ranking goes. Dak Prescott, 
drafted as the quarterback 8 overall. He's currently quarterback 26. Injury is part to do with that. He's missed quite a few games, but on top of that, his performance is only 16.2 fantasy points per game in the games that he has played. Again, he did you know go out early in a game due to injury. But a lot of this just has to do with how the Dallas Cowboys run their offense, and Dak himself has not particularly been involved in the rushing game this season, so it seems like that his value as far as, like, you know, last season where he would occasionally just, you know, get like a 7-8 yard touchdown rush each game because they would run this, you know, spread formation where they move all the defenders out to the sides of the field in the red zone and he just kind of struts in untouched. That's not happening this season. They're not taking those risks. They're just running it with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott whenever they get ahead. So... I mean, the upside's just not there for Dak Prescott. And again, this week with them playing the Houston Texans, it's just, they're not going to need to throw a lot. Like, Dak shouldn't need to throw for 300 yards. He probably doesn't even need to throw for 250 yards for the Cowboys to win this game. He could probably throw for about 150 yards, and then between Pollard and Zeke, they'll rush for another 250 yards, and the defense will have a few turnovers for touchdowns. Like, it's all going to be short fields, and I just expect them to obliterate the Houston Texans, and you're not, you shouldn't expect a lot out of Dak Prescott this upcoming week. All right, so moving on to the next guy we're going to talk about. Tom Brady currently ranks as the quarterback 16 on the season. He was drafted as the quarterback 9. He was kind of one of the strategies if you wait on quarterbacks and you just kind of grab somebody at the end who can just be reliable for you but and possibly break out and be a top-end quarterback for you. But Tom Brady, I mean, the whole Buccaneers offense has just been awful this season. A lot of it has to do, again, with the offensive line banged up. That's a recurring theme for a lot of these teams that have underperformed. It's just their offensive line has been devastated with injuries. He's only averaging 15.7 fantasy points per game for you in four-point passing touchdown leagues, so it's just been a disappointing season as far as having Tom Brady as your starting quarterback. You can still throw him out there, but, like, he just he doesn't have a ceiling or the ceiling that he used to have. They're not going to throw for four touchdowns and 300 yards in a game, especially with how poor his connection with Mike Evans seems to be this season, and he just doesn't have the time to be able to throw it downfield with how quickly his offensive line gets beat, so... Disappointing season for him. Aaron Rodgers, the same thing. He drafted as the quarterback 10 on the season. He's currently quarterback 17, so one spot behind Tom Brady. He's averaging 14.4 fantasy points per game, and he's not even hitting that a lot of times. Like I think he's had two games so far this season with 17 or more fantasy points, and just extremely, again, him, Matthew Stafford, drafted as quarterback 12, currently quarterback 28, is now out on IR and probably not playing the rest of the season, averaging 12 points per game. Russell Wilson, drafted at quarterback 13, currently quarterback 21 with 13.2 fantasy points per game. These guys were all kind of drafted, again, right there, quarterbacks 9 through 13. And they were drafted at that back end, kind of hoping that they could put up solid performances for you, and they just haven't. I mean, they've been outperformed by guys like Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa and Kirk Cousins, and it's just, again, a lot of the struggles for most of those teams have to do with the offensive line. The Denver Broncos, I don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson. I can't really say necessarily that it's the offensive line. Russell Wilson's just making bad decisions, but all those other guys, it tends to be on the offensive line, the reason that they're struggling and that they're not performing at the level that we were expecting them to but yeah those are 
guys that you drafted hope, thinking that you got a solid starting quarterback later on in the draft and later rounds, and they just they let you down, and you probably started off your season with a couple of losses that if you get those back, you'd probably be in the playoffs or at least have an opportunity to get in the playoffs this week, The you know which what is most people's last week of the regular season in fantasy. So that's it for the quarterbacks that we're going to look at. Next, we're going to look at a few running backs. Some of these guys are, again, a little complicated in, you know, how exactly they much they cost you. So let's start off with this. Jonathan Taylor, drafted as the running back, running back one overall this season, is currently RB21 on a total points basis. He's averaging 14-point fantasy points per game. So if your starting running back was averaging 14-point fantasy points per game, I don't know that you could necessarily complain about that. The problem is that he was banged up this season, and earlier on in the season wasn't involved and wasn't hitting that 14-point for fantasy point threshold in a lot of games. So again, season's kind of skewed due to a few good games, and part of the problem with Jonathan Taylor is that with him out, you don't really have a running back you can trust to go to. You don't really, you aren't really trusting Naheem Hines to take on the workload. Deion Jackson. You know, it was nice when he filled in when Taylor went out, but the one game, and then you try to start him the next week, and he just underperforms for you or doesn't dis- or disappoints you, then he ends up injured himself, and it's just a very confusing and mixed backfield, and there's just no clear backup to replace Jonathan Taylor for you. And so you probably, again, started off the season with a few extra losses than you would have had Jonathan Taylor and, you know, the Colts not played as awfully as they had played at the start of the season, and they had scored a few more points. So, that's part of the problem with Jonathan Taylor. Next guy we're looking at is, again, a problem with the offensive line, but also just a problem with his overall inefficiency and the struggles with the offense in general. It's Najee Harris, drafted to be the RB, drafted as RB7 on the season, is currently the RB20, averaging 12.2 fantasy points per game. And again, a threshold he's not hitting in a whole lot of games out there. I mean, he's rel- safe floor around about 10 points, but that's about it. So, I mean, when you draft at Najee Harris 7th overall, I imagine you were expecting a breakout season where he was averaging, you know, somewhere around 17, 18 fantasy points a game, and he's barely cracking 10 points in most weeks. So, very disappointing for Najee Harris. Alvin Kamara, drafted as running back 8, currently the running back 15, averaging 14.5 fantasy points per game. Again, this is one of those things that's skewed because Alvin Kamara has a few big blow-up games where he's got quite a few touchdowns. And then he just has a lot of games where he seems to have disappeared from the playbook, including last two weeks where he's had 5.5 fantasy points and 7 fantasy points, and then before that, 12.9. His season is really being carried by the fact that he had a 42-point fantasy point performance as well as a 23-fantasy point performance early on. So he had this stretch of four games from week 5 to 8 where he had 17.5 or more fantasy points every week. But outside of that, he's pretty much had fewer than 10 fantasy points every week except one. So he's just not performing at the level you expected him. RB42 the last two weeks in a row. They're on a bye this week. They come out and they play against Atlanta. When they played against Atlanta in week one, he was RB43 on the season. So just keep that in mind. He's had three. He's had four weeks where he's finished as RB42 or RB43 this season. So that's just not, again, not what you're expecting out of a Camaro. Those are four games that 
you know, probably cost you your matchup because he was get he got less than seven points in all of those games. Or I'm sorry, less than eight points in all of those games. So yeah, Alvin Kamara is just not the with that offense that the Saints are rolling out there. You would have thought that maybe he'd be more involved in the passing game, and he seems to be really inconsistent as far as how many targets he and catches he's getting a game and how much they want him involved in that so i don't know why with how limited they are at the wide receiver position that he's not more involved in the passing game on a consistent basis but yeah alvin Kamara is one of those guys where he used to be a safe floor of around you know 12 to 14 fantasy points with the chance to get you 20 plus and he just doesn't have that this season for you so adjust your expectations accordingly deandre swift again uh, a guy whose season's been derailed due to injury. He's banged up and missed a few games, and then when he came back, he was still kind of dealing with some of those injuries and trying to battle through, so the Lions were using him in a limited fashion. He is averaging 13.9 fantasy points per game in the games that he plays, including the ones where he was only playing in a limited percentage or er, a limited snap share. And that was the encouraging thing, is that even when he was playing in a limited snap count and getting only like 10 snaps a game, he was still managing to somehow get 10 fantasy points with those 10 snaps. So, he does seem to, he was on the injury report on Wednesday, he was off on Thursday and Friday, so he hasn't been on the injury report the past two days, he looks like he's a full go for this upcoming weekend, and he could have his rollback as the number one running back in that offense, kind of the 1A, 1B situation, and he does have, you know, a, I feel a safer floor going forward, but again, this is one of those guys who you drafted him Overall, he was drafted as RB12, so you're expecting to be able to start DeAndre Swift on a weekly basis, and he's just not been able to perform that for you due to injury this season. Again, not something you can really, you know, blame on him as far as, like, inefficiency for the offense because Jamal Williams has been successful falling into the end zone for the Detroit Lions. But again, injury is just something you're going to have to consider for guys like this going forward because DeAndre Swift has just shown each season he's been banged up and dealt with something that's kept him from becoming the workhorse running back. Another guy like that that's probably disappointed you is James Conner, drafted as RB15 this season. He's currently the running back 28. He's missed several games due to injury, and he's averaging 13.3 fantasy points per game in the games that he does play. So again, this was something that we all should have seen coming last year. James Conner's, you know, value was really, you know, elevated based off of how many touchdowns that he got. He was just kind of falling into the end zone every week and leading the league in touchdowns. That's not happening this season with him and the Arizona Cardinals. The offense has been inefficient. And again, he's been banged up and missed some games. And he's, again, kind of like Jonathan Taylor, where there's no clear back behind him that they hand the reins to once he's injured and out of there. We thought it was Eno Benjamin, but then he got traded in season at one point. So it's just, it's a risky business with James Conner. You drafted him again as RB15. You were expecting to be able to start him as a, you know, weekly starter. And he's just disappointed as far as that aspect is going. And then another guy, Cam Akers, might have been the most, you know, aside from Najee Harris, this might be the most disappointing running back this season. Drafted as RB19 this season. He's currently RB53. He's averaging 5.8 fantasy points per game. So, I mean, there's been the whole drama there with Cam Akers. You know, he dealt with the injury last season, came back in the playoffs, stood out, and then 
apparently had a falling out with Sean McVay at some point during, I don't know, the preseason or during the season where they just had philosophical disagreements and the Rams wanted to trade him, but nobody wanted to take him. And now the Rams are kind of stuck using him. But someone who was drafted as, you know, RB19 was somebody that obviously you realize there was some risk with, and that's why he was falling down that low. You weren't really sure what to do with him. But I think we were expecting at least more more of just like him being involved and being inefficient in the offense as opposed to him not being involved in the offense at all because of whatever drama is going on there. And 5.8 fantasy points per game was probably not even the worst case scenario you were expecting for Cam Akers. You know, it was probably something where you're expecting, you know, maybe this guy only gets 10 fantasy points per game or something like that over the course of the season because he's just an inefficient runner and you're dependent on him falling into the end zone and catching a few passes each game to buoy his value. And he's not even getting that this season. So one of the more disappointing players out there, again, I think Najee Harris is probably the most disappointing of all of them because of what we were expecting. Najee, again, was a guy we were probably expecting 15 to 20 fantasy points per game from. And we're lucky if we're getting over 10 fantasy points per game out of him. Moving on to wide receivers. We got quite a few here, so I'll just run through them quickly. Debo Samuel, drafted as wide receiver 7, is currently wide receiver 23, averaging 13.6 fantasy points per game. That hybrid role that he is sometimes been involved in this season, sometimes not. We wish he was more of a wide receiver, more of a pass catcher, but the bottom line is you drafted Debo Samuel to be your wide receiver 1, and with 13.6 fantasy points per game, if that's your wide receiver 1, you are probably in trouble, and you're probably not really in playoff contention, so I hope you would grab another guy later on who's excelling past that. Again, 13.6 isn't, you know, bad or, you know, awful, but from a guy that was drafted to be a wide receiver one for you, he's more, again, he's wide receiver 23 on the season on a total points basis, so he's more of a low-end wide receiver two, borderline flex play wide receiver. Then he is a top wide receiver with, you know, when you draft somebody at seven, you're expecting this is a guy who could be competing, you know, for top three, top one spot overall, and he's just not doing that for you. Guy right behind him, Mike Evans, wide receiver 24 on the season at the moment, drafted as wide receiver 11, also averaging 13.6 fantasy points per game. Again, him and Tom Brady, just their connection seems to be off. The offensive line's not giving them any time to get these passes downfield and win these 50-50 balls. So it, a lot of the targets are just going to Chris Godwin as sort of an extension of the run game because their offensive line you know, isn't hope, opening a whole lot up for the running backs either. And Mike Evans seems to be the one suffering the most from all of that. Keenan Allen, drafted as wide receiver 13, is currently the wide receiver 84 on the season on total points basis because he's been injured now for most of the season. In the few games he has played, he's averaged 12.6 fantasy points per game. So again, just kind of those guy, one of those guys you expect it more from. He's been consistently you know, a top 10 fantasy wide receiver the past few years, and you're not getting that out of him this season. His ceiling just, again, he has a somewhat steady floor, but that ceiling that you used to have with him isn't there. DJ Moore, one of the more disappointing fantasy wide receivers, drafted as wide receiver 15 overall, currently wide receiver 30, averaging 11.2 fantasy points per game. Somebody who was previously quarterback-proof finally ran out of luck and could not do anything this season with, you know, Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker under center. He has had a better game the past two weeks with 
Sam Darnold playing, or he's had better games with Sam Darnold playing in the past. So maybe moving forward, there's some hope for DJ Moore. But it's risky business with your fantasy playoffs on the line starting DJ Moore with Sam Darnold under center. Deontay Johnson drafted as wide receiver 17, currently ranking as wide receiver 40, averaging 10.2 fantasy points per game in that Steelers offense. Again, the offensive line can't protect him. George Pickens seems to be the big play guy, and Deontay Johnson's yards per target's just not there, and he's just not getting any luck in the end zone. He has getting a few targets in the end zone, but he's just he's yet to score a touchdown on the season. So that's really devastating to his value. Mike Williams drafted as wide receiver 19, currently wide receiver 46, averaging 13.4 fantasy points per game. Part of this has to do with injury. Part of this has to do with just inefficiency by Mike Williams. And again, he's always been kind of boom-bust player, and the fact that he's missing time now on top of being a boom-bust player is just its one of those things that probably costs you a season because you drafted him, again, to be your wide receiver too, counting to start him on a weekly basis, and you cannot reliably do that at the moment. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 20 as far as average draft position went on the season. He's currently wide receiver 49 in a total points basis, averaging 10.3 fantasy points per game. Houston Texans are a bad football team. Brandon Cooks should have known that. He signed a three-year extension with them, but he's unhappy with you know, the direction of the team at the moment. I don't know what he was confused about when he signed this extension with them, so we'll see what happens in the offseason. But he's just disappointing, and he's currently now been injured the past two weeks, and you're not playing him anyway. But just again, a guy that probably is the reason that you're not, you know, in the fantasy playoffs or, you know, made it that much harder for you. Instead of being, you know, in contention for the first round bye, you've got to, you know, win this weekend, or you've just got to score an X amount of points this week to make the playoffs, and just made your journey that much harder. Two other guys that probably really devastated your team, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Judy drafted as wide receiver 24. Cortland Sutton drafted as wide receiver 27. Sutton is currently wide receiver 35 on the season on total points basis, averaging 10.6 fantasy points per game. Jerry Judy is currently wide receiver 48, drafted with 10.4 fantasy points per game per season. So these guys were drafted more in the flex position, so you weren't necessarily counting on them to start every single week for you, but I think you just had higher expectations than... 10.5 fantasy points per game from these two players, and they've both been injured and missed games as well. And Russell Wilson, again, just overall being ineffective is really is what's devastating for these two players, but these were guys that I think we were expecting to average around 15 fantasy points a game or so, and they're not doing that, and you probably have moved on from these guys in most leagues. If not, they're just kind of sitting away on your bench. And finally, last guy we're going to talk about, Darnell Mooney. Drafted as wide receiver 30 on the season. He's currently wide receiver 51. He's obviously out and on IR now due to injury, but prior to that, he's only averaging 8.5 fantasy points per game due to just the general ineffectiveness of the Chicago Bears offense. And he te- he happened to get hurt right as you know Justin Fields was turning that offense around. So... Again, Darnell Mooney was somebody, based off the way he'd performed previously, we had higher expectations for. He was drafted to be a flex place or a wide receiver three for you, and he's just, he wasn't returning that value before he went out, and obviously now that he's injured, he can't do that. Only going to talk about two tight ends real quick, because tight ends, obviously, pretty desolate spot to begin with, but these two were guys that we were expecting more from 
That is Kyle Pitts, who was drafted as wide receiver, tight end three, and is currently tight end 22, 7.6 fantasy points per game. Obviously, he's on IR, has missed the past couple games on IR, but prior to that, just wasn't performing for you. The Falcons went to a real run-heavy offense, so he was very disappointing as far as tight ends go, especially drafted as, as tight end three, drafted him over, you know. Guys like TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. I know Goddard and Ertz are hurt, but prior to their injury, they were giving you way more than Kyle Pitts was. And then the other tight end we're going to talk about, Darren Waller, drafted as tight end 5, is currently tight end 42. He's obviously been on IR and missed the past four weeks. Only averaging 7.9 fantasy points per game in the games that he was playing inactive, though. Devontae Adams seemed to have really ate into his value, and there's just no... Even when he comes back now, I just don't know that there's any upside for Darren Waller, who is eligible to come back and return in the upcoming weeks. That is going to be everything from me today, folks. Again, just going to try to make this a quick one. Just wanted to give you the injury updates and then go through some of these disappointing players. Also wanted to start getting some of these drops involved into the uh, podcast. But other than that, We are going to be back together next week, like I said. All of us should be here for that. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Take care.